So some of you may or not know about the allegations that came out this summer recently about Ellen DeGeneres and her production team and how they've been allegedly accused of misconduct in the workplace. Ellen having a horrible attitude to her interns and just people generally working around her and her executive producers um, sexually assaulting um, female co-workers, which is insane. So she had now finally addressed the issue on her new season that just came out. And of course, I didn't watch the show because I'm no longer supporting Ellen, but I watched somebody's commentary about it. And he made a really good point. First, I would like to begin with saying that she did not take accountability. All she had said was a very ambiguous statement on how they are finally taking the necessary steps to make sure this never happens again. Sis, you have never claimed anything that actually happened nor said it out of your mouth. So to me, she's just trying to protect her face. Going off her face, she was pandering also to the audience saying, you know me, I'm this nice person that you see come out here every day. And I'm like, girl, we do not know you. We don't know anybody really on media. Once again, you're only showing a one dimensional part of yourself. And for you to make a big claim saying that we know you when we have physically have never spent time with you is a reach. So that just gets me thinking on how I present myself on social media, seeing as now I'm using it way more often. And I just don't want to create a false narrative of that. I have everything perfect all the time because, of course, it's just it is a part of me. Like I'll select a Sarah and alternative talks is definitely a, a part, a piece of my personality. But I just want to make sure that I'm staying true to myself and that, you know, all my necessary flaws are shown. Um, so I don't set, excuse me, that I don't set unrealistic standards, mostly for any young people or people my age comparing themselves, looking at me and like, oh, look, she's so cool. Da, 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 da. And honestly, like, I, I am cool, <laughs> but you know, I'm also very weird and I'm also just, I'm just, we're all just so much things. And just watching Ellen, I'm always reminded that there's always more than what meets the eye. Once again, on appearances, there's more than what meets the eye. And with social media, it's so easy to get caught up in what people carefully curate as what they are and who they are just to receive a necessary outcome, which I understand business is business. But as a consumer, now we have to be very aware because in in Ellen's case, of course, there's going to be a time when it might pander to our emotions. So just take everything with a grain of straw. Understand that we are all on our own path and to recognize that everybody is not perfect. Neither are you. So stop sweating about the small details and worry about how we can all make our everyday lives a better situation. Now, on to the podcast. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the 23rd podcast of Alternate Talks once again and always. I will be your host, Alexa Sarah, and once again and always, I am so excited to be behind the mat 
week and chatted to you guys at 9.53 in the morning, which is not actually that early, but to be honest, quite early for me to be recording. But there's just a lot of things going on in my life right now other than just uh, trying to keep up with school. I recently started a position with Waveland as one of their new board members, and I just want to make sure I'm on top of my game and that I can deliver and make sure that I can help the company grow because I'm just so excited because this is what I want to do, guys. I want to create um, places where live music happens. So once again, Waveland, if you're listening to this, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to be moving forward with you all and of course the board members as well. But enough of me rambling. Let's get on to the song of the week. So this week's song is Kitala. It's Understanding by Bad Bad Not Good and Jonah Jonah Yano. I'm so sorry if I said your name wrong and he's accident. Listen to it. So this song was actually a cover done by um, previously the Majestics in 1989. And the song, the cover, was released on December 19th, 2019. So a little bit more about these Canadian legends. So once again, Bad Bad Not Good, there are four members in total. There's Matthew, Chester, Alexander, and Leland. They're all classically chained by jazz musicians and wonderful Canadian artists. So since they are classically trained um, jazz musicians, they incorporated, you know, like theories that help um, create their songs, but they wanted to create a sound that was very unique to their personalities and themselves. So they described it as like a borderline classic and contemporary, taking key elements from jazz that they learned and also including their own style. Throughout their musical journey, they were very inspired by hip-hop legends such as Ghostface Killa. You can actually hear him on one of their albums. I don't remember the name right now, but definitely I think one of their first ones, they did a whole album with him where it was a collaboration. Um, They also collaborate with a different array of artists as well. Some that are very well known like Rihanna, which is very interesting to see because they bring such a unique sound to the table. So speaking of their sound, it is just described as elements of rock, Brazilian, and electric soul. And this is from the interview that they did on Loud and Clyde. And once again, they wanted to stay true to themselves and their uniqueness. And that, of course, incorporates all of the sounds that they're inspired by the elements of rock brazilian and electronic and soul and one thing i love is that you hear each of these elements so carefully placed into their music and finally they have three albums in total so please go check it out and listen to them the voice you hear on the song is another canadian artist jonah yeno he's a canadian japanese singer and songwriter he has one album out that recently just dropped so i just learned of him and i listened to the album beautiful i've been listening to bad bad not good since 2017 so jonah yeno was a very very a very amazing surprise that I had. So he's a mix of acid jazz, city pop, and industrial 
indie. Um, he doesn't describe his music as um, a way to go through his emotions, but he wants to see it as an escapism, something that the artist can get into, relax, and enjoy. And Jonah Yano's voice was such a good selection for this song because it pays homage to the original. It keeps that soulfulness that croons out the key to love is understanding. And because there's just such beautiful soulfulness, you feel the emotion that the artist is trying to get society or just the listener in general to understand. What is the key to love? Understanding. The song is also a fusion of progressive jazz and ambient pop. And the original is, of course, soulful. And there's a lot of guitar and per- and percussion. But in the new song, there's a lot of contemporary um, contemporary elements that you are commonly associated with Bad But Not Good, which is so cool to see and compare. And the guitar, I'm not sure about the actual guitar use, but you can definitely hear that it's at a higher, higher pitch than it was recently. And I think that once again goes with the jazz element that... Um, Bad Bad Good brings. More of a tingle, yes. A higher octave tingle. Watch me with the music theory terms. The lyrics of the song remains the same and once again arises the question in the listener, why is the key to love understanding? And I think the answer is, what is understanding and what does that entail? What do we do when we understand? And understanding is receiving the attended meaning of the speaker and it's conceptualizing where the person is coming from. And as with love, we find it difficult to understand each other and that could be from basic reasons, uh, language barriers, but I also think meaning is abundant. There's so many avenues we can take meaning from. And from my class that I'm learning from, there are seven different types of meaning, according to Leach. And I'll get into that quickly. The first type of meaning is conceptual. And think of this as the dictionary definition of words, where we can relate a set of features all humans can agree on to its real world world referent or representation that we can clearly identify and associate with. The second one is connotative. So these are culture-specific stereotypes and changes over time, very time-specific on the age of what society agrees on. Once again, this is not in the dictionary, but this is like all instinctually just known. So for example, the example that we were given was Aboriginals. Aboriginals word is seen as othering Indigenous people. So it's changed to First Nations and Indigenous to highlight the fact that that's what the word brings. The third one is social, and that is what a person's language use tells us about them. So for example, it talks about Black vernacular, which is a fancy term for categorizing how essentially black people talk in majority and they say that what socially we can get from it it's lower and less educated which we know is not tr- 
true at all. So social is like a combination of connotative because it's what society makes prejudgments on. The fourth one is effective and it's what somebody's um, voice, voice quality is telling you how they feel about the conversation. So that looks at tone, politeness and modality and even pitch if you were to say. I think effective is very important with acting and once again conveying emotion. The fifth one is reflected and it's one sense of the word is reflected in a different phrase. So it's two words, different meanings, sort of rubbing off on each other. And the example that was given in class was Holy Ghost. Holy is seen as someone that is revered, spiritual, and very righteous. And ghost is something scary, something spooky, something Halloween time. And those two together, it still gets that sense of reveredness and holiness, but at the same time, something to be honored and respected because ghost, once again, is something scary. Doublespeak is the sixth definition and it's basically a fancier way of saying regular things. The sixth definition is collocative and that is what is gathered from the sentence and how words interact and change each other's meaning. So once again, it's like a combination of connotative and reflected but on a larger scale so it looks at the word handsome and how handsome is commonly associated commonly associated with men and pretty is associated with women but in history handsome was both associated with um, both genders the seventh definition is thematic so that is basically active and passive voice in the example that was given was the dog killed the rat what goes first is what the speaker wants to put prominence on and so if it said the dog killed the rat the dog must be the important thing in the sentence or the rat was killed by the dog and in that situation the rat would be the most important thing the speaker wants to highlight for you i am winded just listening off those definitions imagine the complexities our brain has to go through when just interacting in conversation because a lot of the time even though they're separate definitions they work together to overall come to a cohesive conclusion on what the speaker's attended meaning is and essentially helps us understand what is going on in this conversation and once again reiterates my point on why understanding is so difficult and that's why side note we have to be so lenient on new English speakers and not just be so forward and rude about their progress on trying to learn English because there's so much different things that go into understanding so much things that go beyond on textbook definitions and getting the words right. And that goes with respecting different life experiences because based on their previous knowledge of their previous language, it may come to different conclusions of different word meanings based on what they know. And with our life experiences, it does the same. Based on what we interact, what we come into place with will create our pre-knowledge and our associations. So when trying to understand people, we have to know that people are coming with their own personal opinions based on what they experience. Am I Victoria Monet? How much times did I say experience? But to do so, first we need to expand. We need 
to expand our hearts and our horizons, aka our perspectives. So in Buddhist literature, to expand the heart is to feed into our own happiness. That builds our ability to understand. And with that, it doesn't limit our compassion, but grows it. Because with our small hearts, we're unable to give that compassion, that new experiences with our lack of understanding may need to fully comprehend and accept in our lives. And I think this is why we struggle with love is because we forget that we need to feel the love that is in ourselves first. Now we need to expand our horizons and that is learning that love is a learned dynamic interaction. It's an emotional experience that can be learned. In Leo Bascali's book on love, she quotes, one cannot know what one does study. To study love, you must live in love. So that just means understanding how we are connected in everyday life and how we can use our compassion to understand each other. Because if we cannot find where to give love in our everyday surroundings, things that we come in contact with consistently, how are we going to find the love to give to people that we just meet? It just doesn't seem applicable, excuse me, at all. Finding that areas where we are connected to show compassion gets our love bone bigger, our love muscles stronger, so we can actually use it and becomes natural for us where it's not a struggle to understand each other. When the Majestics wrote the song Key to Love is Understanding in 1989, an important historical event happened. The Berlin Wall that divided Germany had recently been taken down. In that case, there was finally an understanding between that nation that we cannot be separated because we all need to come together to build up each other. We cannot do this without that compassion and team building. And in 2020 or 2019, the song came out. Bad Bad Not Good said that they wanted to bring back the song and give it a second life because its message is one that can survive throughout time. I don't know if they were doing it specifically to speak on the current events of what's going on right now, but I do think just like in 1989, 2020 or 2019, we can use a little understanding of each other. Right now, in our current age, our opinions divide us. You're either left or right. And especially in the Black community, we talk down against others that have different opinions. And sometimes we can agree to disagree, but we have to understand personal experience, grow people's understandings of the world. And once we understand that, we show a little compassion with them and we can show a little compassion with ourselves as we learn to grow our hearts to accept the love and to give love in our everyday lives. So thank you, Bad Bad Not Good and Jonah Yono for telling us and reminding us that the key to love is and always will be understanding. 
thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to the 23rd podcast of Alternative Talks. The key to love is understanding. I'm going to get that song stuck in your heads. I digress. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. It was such a pleasure to speak behind the mic to you guys once again. I know this is longer than my usual podcast, but there was so much information that I wanted to give and share with you guys. So hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye.